This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Kevin Markey from Leeds United Mad. This is our preview of Leeds United versus Fulham. This is a huge match for both teams, and we're going to go through it. At the bottom of the hour, I have another very special guest, and it'll be Jamie Reed will be joining me from FFC TV. I'm going to be asking Jamie his thoughts on the Arsenal match. His thoughts also on the Carabao Cup match, and we will also preview from a Fulham perspective the match against Leeds United. But we have a huge show, and I'm just before we do anything else, Kevin, I want to welcome you back to the show. It feels like yeah. you were just on, my friend. Yeah, literally weeks ago now, I suppose. But yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago we were all discussing the possibility of getting promotion. So yeah, in, in, during the lockdown period <laughs> of, of the season. So, yeah, it seems uh, we were on the back of a bad defeat at Cardiff and obviously licking our wounds a little bit. And um, we had a great test against uh, the Fulham on the Saturday. So, yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago. And uh, here we are again, but this time we're a league higher. Yeah, we're both in the Premier League and that's a good thing. And uh, I want to congratulate you and the Leeds United supporters uh, because, it. listen, you deserve to win the league and I can't say that enough. You definitely deserved it. So now we're both in the Premier League. As we talked about off air, it's a lot of work to be done for both sides. So we'll see how it all plays out. But mm-hmm. let's start here, Kevin, because as we get into the season, I, I want to get your thoughts on the transfer window for Leeds United. We were just talking off air about a, a couple of players that had some unfortunate errors in the <laughs> Liverpool match. Okay, But beyond that, Let's talk about the additions because they've been quite impressive. Yeah, yeah. We were obviously trying to get Ben White signed um, on a permanent basis. But unfortunately, that didn't transpire. Now he's a regular, or he's going to be a regular in the Brighton team by the looks of it. He made an appearance against Chelsea midweek. So, yeah, we lost out on Ben, which was... um, not very good for us because obviously he played nearly every single minute of the season for us last season. Um, and he will be missed. But obviously we, we signed Robin Cook from um, uh, Freiburg in uh, the Bundesliga and he looks like a good replacement. And hopefully he'll come good after his little error on uh, Saturday, which yeah. first few minutes, very unfortunate to give away a penalty. But for the rest of the game, he looked fairly solid. And obviously, Rodrigo, uh, Spain's number nine, uh, came off the bench. Um, uh, didn't really get much chance, really, other than to give away another penalty, which was unfortunate again. And I think he's going to be on the bench again on Saturday. I think Bielsa likes to give his forwards a bit of time from the bench before they settle into a regular starting position, even even though he did cost the best part right. of thirty million, is a lot of money. But uh, yeah, they're the two sort of main signings for the season, and hopefully they will come good. And I think there's a couple more in the pot somewhere, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Well, you also got a foam youngster that uh, the foam yeah, fans yeah. are disappointed that you actually got. So congratulations. He's got a bright future. Yeah. Yeah. We picked up a few good youngsters actually, including Greenwood from Arsenal as well. Yeah. And, um, and some, we've got this guy called Somerville from Feyenoord. So 
for the under 23s, uh, we got the chap from Wigan as well, Galhard, I think he's called. Yeah, who's a, who's a big player. So yeah, the future looking rosy for for Leeds, but obviously we need a few players that can step into the first eleven and do a job for us as well. And uh, even though we got the main core of last season, which is good, um, Cooper was missing on Saturday due to injury. Yep. Uh, playing for Scotland, but hopefully we'll be back on Saturday. But overall, it's, a, it's the main core from last season with two uh, two or three additions. Mm. And obviously, we've got two or three more in the pipeline, but uh, 5th of October, I think, is the deadline. Yeah. So there's a good few weeks to go yet before anything else. Uh, players might still leave and we might get a couple more in. But uh, obviously, after the performance on Saturday, uh, you know, Leeds fans were pretty cock a hoop, really, even though we did lose. We put on a decent performance. You did. A really top team, as everybody knows. But obviously, you could look at it two ways, really. It was a good performance. We lost 4 3. Or maybe we should have done better with Liverpool, maybe being slightly rusty at the opening day of the season as well. But a good opportunity to maybe not only get a draw, but even nick a win, really. But yeah. uh, we'll never know now. Obviously, Liverpool haven't been beaten at home in about three years, so it's always going to be a tough task. But we've got a tough task out of the way. Now we've got to start um, getting some points on the board. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that match. Because, I, I, again, uh, you and I talked a little bit off air and... Uh, I share my thoughts on the penalties, but um, overall, what was interesting watching this, and again, it looked like Leeds United pretty much, as you said, from last season, because Bielsa pretty much sticks with his team. He doesn't really go way beyond that. Now, you have some additions, and they will be part of it, but what were your thoughts about the team that he put out there? You talked about Cooper not being involved, but beyond that, were you happy with the team that he picked against Liverpool? Yeah. I wasn't surprised he picked it because Bielsa does. He does like um, he likes his players. He likes a small squad. Um, they they did the job for him last season. Obviously, he's very loyal to his squad. So yeah, he more or less picked the same team that he would have picked if he'd been in the championship. Really, I suppose the starting yeah. eleven. So it was no surprise. You think, oh, he might be a bit more cautious. It's Liverpool. If you go on attack, you're going to get caught on the break. But no, he stuck. He stuck to his guns after a. Shaky first five ten minutes. Leeds got into the game really well, and Harrison got a lovely goal. He uh, did great, great pass from Phillips to, to set him free. Uh, Alexander Arnold might have done a, a better job, but he, he did well to skip past him and took the ball away. And um, obviously Van Dyke scored for Liverpool. Then he gave away the second uh, equaliser to Leeds with a bad mis- mistake. He, a mistake you don't normally see Van Dyke do. No, uh, Bamford was the the predator behind him waiting to pounce and he tucked it away. So it was a very exciting first half, to say the least. It's just a, just a shame, really, that all our four goals seem to come from um, dead ball situations, really. Obviously, yep. two penalties, the corner, Van Dijk had a free header and the free kick that um, went out to Salah, really. And uh, it's very four poor goals to give away. Then, obviously, Klopp could probably probably say the same about the goals that he conceded, maybe apart from the cleat goal, which was a fantastic ball. That was a fantastic goal, yes. Into the air, he sort of flicked it up like he looked like he was going to play a game of golf and smacked it into the corner. So that, that was, for me, was the best goal of the game. But okay. uh, well, it, yeah, if you'd have said before the game there's going to be seven goals, you'd have been a bit scared <laughs> thinking they're going to lose 5-2 or 6-1. But Fair play to the players. It's all right playing well done. Obviously, we've still got nothing from the game, but we've got to do that now, uh, week in, week out, because it's going to be, uh, like we say, we were saying before, it's going to be a tough league. Yeah, You've just got to pick up points and just hope for, you know, just try and get enough points at the end of the season. It's our first season back. Obviously, it's Fulham's first season back, but Fulham have had a taste of it in the, in the recent um, yep. uh, era as well. So they're a bit more used to it than us, if you like. But... Um, We'll find our feet eventually, and hopefully by the 5th of October, we'll have our squad in right. on a permanent basis for the season, and hopefully we'll um, you know, we'll do well from there. Okay. Well, I want to ask you about a player that I think probably is controversial just of his play. I'm just talking about strictly of his play because he can run hot and cold. That's Patrick Bamford. I, I have to ask yeah. you about him because... <laughs> I remember last season, all the complaints about him, and obviously you brought in someone else. But um, what are your thoughts about him in the Premier League? Uh, obviously, he's had experience of playing in the Premier League, but 
not on a consistent basis. Um, yeah, Patrick's going to have mixed uh, reviews, I think, uh, for, for all his career because he's that sort of player. Prior to scoring the goal on Saturday, which he took away nicely, he had another great opportunity to score, but he didn't take his chance sort of first time. He tried to get go past Allison, and the chance had gone. Uh, he's not a what do you call one of those strikers that goes for goal straight away, yeah. really? But yeah, I mean, I like the lad. I think he tries hard. Um, obviously, Bielsa likes him. He picks him week in, week out. He's going to pick him again on Saturday ahead of Rodrigo. He's yeah. already he's already said that. Um, I think he'll have better chances in the Premier League. He'll have more space to, you know, to to. Uh, no, that's true. To move around and you know. Play the same game that he played in the championship, but I think you'll get a bit more room with the defenders. And you never know, he, he, he could pop in a few goals for us, but it's going to be interesting to see how the fans think about him this season. But it's like like any old strike, if you're not doing the business, you, you're going to get brick bats. But if you, then again, next game scoring a couple of goals, are you a big hero again? That's the <laughs> just, that's just the way of, of life of a, of a striker. Of a striker, really. absolutely. Uh, hopefully, you know, he'll do the business for us this season. Yeah, and listen, I, I've always been a fan of his because he's always scored against Fulham. That's number one. But whenever <laughs> I've watched him, he has scored. But his record, like you said, it's hot and cold. That's mm. kind of where I was going on how the fans feel about him because uh, it's not consistent. But like you said, when he's scoring, they're probably with him. And when he's not, well, then you get the other side. Okay, my friend, let's talk a little bit about Bielsa. I, I'm a fan of his. But I'm curious your thoughts on this. His approach in the Premier League compared to the championship. We know how he plays. Will there be any adjustments? Have there been any adjustments to his style of play in the Premier League? Or is it just going to be the same? Because when I was watching it, I thought I was watching the same team. The same style. Yeah. I I, to be honest, Russ, I, th I think he only knows one way of playing, really. Right. Like It's that old adage. With with the LC plan A isn't working. Just just, <laughs> just keep going. Plan a even more. Yeah. yeah, there's no there's no plan B or C, which sometimes is to the detriment of the of the team, I suppose. Because yeah, you know, other other sides will catch you out sometimes if you keep playing that way. But overall, it's it's a joy to watch. Yep. Um, is the sort of character that if you lose three two when you played really well, he's happy. That you you know you played well, you've lost the game, okay, but you played the right way. He hates he would hate to win a game by two one, three one, and we played badly and we've we've been very lucky. He won't be very happy with that. So for him, it's, it's about the performance. It's about the performance first and foremost. That is, and the style he played in the championship is is continued now yeah. in the first ninety minutes against Liverpool. Nothing has changed at all. We've okay. Crossed, Press, press, and press, and press even more. That that's just the way. And if mistakes happen, they happen. Um, but that's the way. I don't think he, he knows any other way, Russ, of, of, of playing football, which makes him unique, I suppose, in the yes. footballing world. Because he's a character. You know, he hasn't won much. He hasn't won much in his career. To be fair, he's, he's won a couple of titles in Argentina, and but he hasn't really done much trophy-wise. And but he, he's just transformed the way coaching and football has been played over the years and other managers have followed and they've been successful with it. Like right. Guardiola and Manchester City, Pochettino, yeah. Spurs. They they've been fairly successful in in, you know, getting teams to Champions League and winning titles in Guardiola's uh, case. So they followed him and they've done well. But obviously the the championship title that he won last year with Leeds or this season should I say. Yep. Is Basically, the first title he's won in about, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And, you know, that's the way it is with BLC. He's not a guy that'll have loads of silverware on his table when he retires. But what we will have is the legacy of the way that he's transformed how people look and how they play football over the years. And it's just, whilst we're, whilst he's here, we're just enjoying the ride, to be honest with you, Russ. And it's, it's a great ride to be on. Well, listen, it's a wonderful style of play. Here's my concern, Kevin, and maybe I'm off base on this. It didn't happen last season, but the season prior, your team wore out because he works them very hard, and now you're in the Premier League. So there isn't a plan B, like you said. So what happens when teams figure out Bielsa? 
that's that's yeah. my thought and 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 that's just i'm just bring i'm just putting it out there i'm a fan of his but you said there's no plan b what happens when the when not liverpool or someone like i'll just say aston villa or us figure out bielsa and they take away what he wants to do what's going to happen then that's my only thought about not adjusting well if people are watching match of the day on Saturday, which obviously was great to watch because it's the first time we've been on in 16 years. <laughs> my, my son's never seen us on match of the day, so he really enjoyed it. But oh, the, analysis, the analysis they do on the game afterwards, I think every coach in the Premier League will be writing down notes. So <laughs> this is what you do against a BLT team. Right. Um, the way on match of the day too, as well on the Sunday when Jermaine Genus was dissecting every... Oh. Every... Um, <laughs> Every move that we made, and the, uh, you know, towards all the goals that we scored, yep. it's, going, it's going to be harder because obviously you get more of a profile when you're in the Premier League, right? But like I said before, he said he said on his um, presser before the Liverpool game. I mean, are you going to change your way of playing? Because obviously you're playing against Liverpool now. If you play right. that how you usually play, you know, you could get a real hiding. He says, "Well, we'll see how the team goes on." This is sort of paraphrasing now a little bit. We'll yep. see how the team does. And if they struggle, obviously we'll, we we may look at changing things, but we'll continue the way we've been playing and see how it goes. So maybe he does have something tucked away that he could use, right? If things, you know, if we go four or five games say without winning the game, he might change things. But what, what he'll change, we don't know, because obviously he doesn't really <laughs> tell people until it happens, right? What he's going to do? Right, he so, hasn't yeah. been for, he hasn't been forced to do it yet. No. I don't think he's, uh, no, he hasn't given away, but I don't think he's going to be stupid and think, oh, we'll just keep going and going until we get a victory. I think he will, if he needs to, change things a little bit. But like I say, we'll have to wait and see if he needs to do that and what it will be when it occurs. So we'll watch this space, I suppose. I think, like like I said before, we're going to be on match of the day a lot now. Yes, you will. (laughs) I think people are going to, you know, find out uh, these few little tricks that he does, uh, but he's been doing it what 20 30 years that sort of football. I don't think he's going to change now too much, too drastically. Right. But the Premier League, obviously, it's a tough league. It's 20, 20 teams that are either going to be battling against relegation or battling for the Euro- European slots, or four teams battling for the title. It's going to be three leagues in one, really. And you've got to make sure that you're in a particular league where you're not going to get sucked into any trouble, sure. And again, that's all fair, Kevin. And I just think of Fulham, different managers. I was just thinking of Slavisa when he came to the yeah. Premier League and he came with the same attitude Yeah. and uh, it didn't work. You know, he no. came with this attitude, with this approach. Again, I'll never forget against Manchester City and we just got torn apart. But to your exactly. credit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To your credit yeah. it did not happen against Liverpool. So that's to your credit. But that's why I brought up, is there a change? Because – so I think Savisa eventually had the change, but it was too late for him. And then, yeah. then they made the change to Ranieri, which was, uh, again, a dumpster fire. I, I, could, I could do a whole show on yeah, yeah. the mistake of bringing Ranieri. But beyond that, I just, want, just, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Okay, let's move on. And again, many Fulham supporters know the strengths and weaknesses of Leeds United, but I'd like you to just explain it. Yeah, obviously... Our, our main, if you go to the weaknesses, our main weakness is from um, sort of uh, like corners and free kicks, really, picking up players. We do concede a lot of goals from those sort of positions, like we did on uh, Saturday. It is a weakness. Um, obviously, it's been mentioned in uh, in the in the press uh, presses with Bielsa as well, but he just said we work a lot on, on these in training. And uh, you know we just do what we we can do on the day when when they when they happen. But so in, in the championship we didn't concede that many goals last season. But right. most most of them did come from direct kicks, corners, free kicks, and stuff. And uh, I think it's still a weakness in the team, really. Um, obviously, strengths. Yeah, it's just the the way that we play from uh, the goalkeeper to the forward. Really, the way that we just keep attacking. Uh, sides every, every not not making them um not giving them a rest at all um and just 
you know, press, press, press. It seems to be the way that we do things and try and create as many chances as we can. Obviously, that's another failing, going back to weaknesses again. We, we created right. more chances than anybody in the league last season, but we were about 19th, I think, in the league for actually taking those conversions. So that's pretty poor, really, overall. But which is why, obviously, we're looking at getting Rodrigo maybe acclimatised to the league a little bit. And right. Hopefully, when he does play on a regular basis, he might tuck away a few of these chances that we create. So, weaknesses, obviously, like, say, conceding from corners, free kicks, strengths, pressing all the time, creating yeah. chances. And that's the way, that's Bielsa's teams, I suppose, over the years. Okay. All right. Let's now focus on key players for Leeds United against Fulham. Who has to play well on Saturday for you to get all three points? Well, we spoke about him earlier. Bamford's got to have a good game, obviously. Yep. Um, if he's having a good game, that means we're doing well and he scored a goal or two. So we don't have to worry about anything else. Um, if he if his striker's taking the chances, then obviously you're doing okay. So I think he's going to be the main uh, player to to keep an eye on. And obviously uh, Harrison and Costa on the wings, they've got to create the chances for him. So if they're buzzing away going past defenders, obviously, if they're having a good game, then um, Bamford will take his chances and uh, Lisa will be looking good. So I think they're the three main catalysts for us to get a, a, a good result on Saturday, really, overall. Okay. Before we really break down this match, and I get your thoughts on form. Well, actually, let me get your thoughts on form, and then, and then I, I want to look back at the last time the team's played. What are your thoughts on form heading into this match? Yeah, I mean... He, he seemed to change. Parker Scott Parker seemed to change the formation a little bit against yes. Arsenal on uh, on uh, at the weekend. And overall, I thought I thought they were okay actually. I mean, the first goal was obviously a, a bundle at the back. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the scored. Second goal was a corner. You know, but weakness at the um, set piece. Yep. And obviously, you're talking about one of the best strikers of the world. The bombing third goal was fantastic. That's all I'm going to say. Ridiculous. Score, if he can score against Liverpool and yeah. teams like that, he's going to score against Fulham. Let's face it. And and will will I had a fantastic debut as well. Um, if it hadn't been for those three situations, I think Fulham would have been okay. And I, I thought off the ball they looked quite impressive. Actually, we're just on the ball. They looked a bit ponderous. Yeah. Um, not creating enough chances really, or getting forward quickly. Off the ball, they seem to be picking up the man. Okay, and. I thought, you know, I thought three 0 sort of flattered Arsenal a little bit. I thought, but I thought Fulham overall, if that had been any other team, they might have picked up a result. But uh, Arsenal being Arsenal, and obviously, you know, things are changing around a bit now under Arteta. They got off to a flyer, so um, yeah, uh, not the best. It's all obviously not the best start losing three 0 at home. Sure. But uh, there's going to be a lot more easier games than Arsenal, I think, coming up. Hopefully not on Saturday, mind. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sure they will pick I up points. I don't think it's going to be an easy match for either team, to be honest with you. I think they'll pick up points. I mean, I wanted to ask you a question, actually. Sure, go ahead. The last time, um, I don't know, this is like a little quiz thing, really. Do you remember the okay. last time we played in the in the Premier League at yes. Fulham? I wait to Fulham. Do you remember what the uh, result was? No, I, I, I don't. It was actually right before I started becoming a supporter, there's, so there's two, I don't. There's, there's two good points, then. I'll give you, I'll educate Go you ahead. a little bit. Fulham didn't play at, at Craven Cottage that season. I I know that. Okay. They, they were playing at Loftus Road. That's right. Because Craven Cottage was getting, uh, obviously, a little uh, tap Getting renovated. Right. Yeah, renovated. Yeah, uh, we, obviously it was a terrible season for us. We went to Craven Cottage. Uh, sorry, Loftus Road. Loftus Road. <laughs> Losing it already. And Chris <laughs> Coleman was the manager for um, Fulham. Uh, Eddie Gray was caretaker manager of Leeds. Uh, we went a goal down late on to Sean Davis. And Boa Morta scored the second goal on 83 minutes. And we lost 2-0. So it was a good result for Fulham that day. That was the last time. <laughs> We played in the Premier League ever in the Premier League, so I just thought I'd chuck that in just as a little uh, taster for the uh, the listeners and the watchers that uh, might know that. But obviously, well, that's great. Obviously, you're a lot younger than me, so you you won't, <laughs> you won't remember that as much as I do. I remember it because it was an. I'm sure you remember every match, Kevin. 
it was an awful season, so I remember most of, <laughs> most of the awful results. But uh, obviously, we got our own yep. back a little bit, Eleanor, because we won three two. But yep. uh, one of our few victories that season, but obviously not enough to keep us up. But um, yeah, um, I just thought I'd throw that in as a little, uh, you know, a little taste for for Saturday's game. Not a problem. Uh, is there anything we can take away from the matches last season? What, what, did we learn anything that we could look at for this? upcoming match it's the premier league but and the teams are going to be a little bit different but the managers are the same is there anything we can take away from those two matches uh obviously there, there were you got th- three points at Fulham. we got three points at ellen road uh, there wasn't much in the game well there wasn't much in the first half at ellen road i thought Fulham were the better team actually when we scored they had most possession and maybe we're unlucky not to go in it Winning, really, I suppose. Yep. But second half, obviously, a different story altogether. Um, that's why I was saying earlier, Parker played a decent four-three-three that see uh, that day, and Fulham looked, looked to have a good shape, that, especially in the first half. Right. Um, but I don't think. Yeah, I think we know each other quite well now from the Championship. I think, even though it will be the Premier League, you'll feel like a Championship game because obviously it's only. Few weeks ago, that we'd played each other, but obviously the and the atmosphere is obviously there's going to be nobody there, so it's going to be empty again. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a very tight game, really, because there's not not mass a massive lot to um, differentiate between the teams, really. Okay, Kevin, I'm now going to put you in the shoes of Scott Parker. I, I know you probably don't want to be in them. <laughs> what would be your strategy against Leeds United? Um, I I wouldn't diversify too much from what he did in the first half last time against us. Really, I think he'll he'll and stick. Road. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he'll stick to that again because it worked okay. for him that it worked it for him that day. And he famously said at uh, Craven Cottage last season that he knows how to play. I, against, I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> he knows how to play against the Bielsa team. Because it's like uh, ABC, you just follow the little uh, ways he do, does things, which was a brave thing to say. But uh, obviously, it was proven right. Maybe you could say at uh, Craven Cottage because they did win 2-1. But, yeah. uh, so let's see what he comes up with. Like I say, let's see if he's brave enough to um, put, that, put that to the test again on uh, Saturday. But I don't think there's going to be a lot between the teams. It's, yeah, you know, I think it's going to be very close. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, both looking for the first victories of the season. Absolutely. A lot of pressure on both teams. Yeah, first points, first clean sheets. There's a lot at stake um, for both teams, even though it's the second game of the season. You want to get that point on the board or those points on the board. You want to get a clean sheet. You want to start getting a bit of confidence within the squad. So, yeah, it's going to be tough for both teams, like you say, and it's going to be a hard one to call. Okay, excellent. All right, we're going to flip it. How does Leeds United win this match? Just by playing the same way they did in the second half <laughs> at Ellen Road. Yeah. That's when we that's when we introduced um Hernandez in the second half. He made half. all the difference in the world. I yeah, hate to put on one player, but he made yeah, such a he did. An impact. It was like a school of football the way they played, you know, passing and passing to Harrison and yeah. up front. And he, he was just finding his man that day without even trying. Really. He wasn't even looking at the time and finding his man. Hernandez is that sort of player. Whilst he was fairly quiet, I thought, on, on Saturday against Liverpool, I think uh, you know he has the key to open a game, really. And um, he's still a special talent, even though he's 35 years old now. He's still a special, special talent. Even though I don't think he'll be playing every single game this season, the games he will be playing and I think he'll make a better difference and he could be the yeah you know, it's a bit boring picking him again but I think he could be the key man again on, on Saturday if he, if he's on form that is I think he will uh, he's a great player I, I don't he care is, what he's, division he's, he's in he's a joy to watch he's, a, he's Gary Monk's best signing for Leeds he's been here with us for four seasons he's played more games for Leeds now than I think than any other side he's been with. Wow. He's part of the furniture at Leeds now. We just absolutely love him. He can't do anything wrong for us. He transformed the club when he came and I was so pleased for him last season when he got his promotion. He's worked so hard for it over the last, especially the last couple of seasons under Bielsa. And I think, yeah, um, if he starts the game, which I think he will on Saturday, I think, you know, I think he'll, um, he could be a key man again. Okay. All right. 
Kevin, let me get your starting 11 for Leeds United. It's going to be the same team, I think, that started against Liverpool, except for, hopefully, Cooper will be coming in for strike uh, in the back four. And that'll be the only change to the team. I think he'll keep it as it is. And Cooper and Cox will be the main uh, centre-backs. So we'll have our captain back in the side. And uh, Eme made a bit of a difference on Saturday had he played against Liverpool, I think, because he's uh, um, pivotal to the, um, the way they'll be able to play. And he's our leader as well. So hopefully he'll be fit. He injured himself in on international duty for Scotland. Hopefully he'll be fit. And I think I can see that being only the only change on Saturday if he is fit. Okay, excellent. All right. It's time for your prediction, Kevin. Give me your prediction <laughs> for the match. Well, he laughs. This is more <laughs> of a hope than a prediction. I'm hoping we'll win, obviously. Yeah. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, we might just sneak it 2-1, something like that. A very tight game, 2-1 maybe. Um, I can't really, you know, call it too much. I think, you know, with it being a home home game, not that it makes a massive difference these days with the yeah. fans not being there. But it's our first home game back in the Premier League and hopefully we'll get off to a good start. So 2-1 for me. Okay, let me ask you, and again, there are no supporters there. How has that been received by the Leeds United supporters? Because obviously they make such a difference at Ellen Road. Yeah. And uh, are they frustrated at this point? Or are they just like, we just want to see our team play? Yeah. What's been the mood of, of the fans because they can't see the match live? Very frustrating. I think like most fans in the country, Russell, I think it's just very frustrating not being able to go down on a match day, um, see all your friends, socialize a little bit talk about what's been going on in the week and looking forward to a good game of football and going home hopefully happy. It's just, I mean, the last game I went to was obviously the last game that was at Ellen Road that had a crowd against Huddersfield and it was an amazing atmosphere. Local derby, uh, Ayling got a wonderful goal. Uh, we won 2-0, went home buzzing and <laughs> after that, it was just nothing. Uh, and it's just very frustrating for every fan at the moment. I think not being able to see your team play live, or yeah. physically live, it's it's not the, quite the same watching it on TV. You know, it's never going to be the same on TV. Obviously, it's uh, a, a nice alternative because you can watch it, but it's there's nothing like being at a live game, enjoying it with all the fans, and it's it's just terrible what's have been happening over the last five or six months really and the sooner we get back to a, some sort of normality the better for everybody because you know you can't be a good atmosphere at a football game i totally agree with you it's funny because watching matches at craven cottage is very strange and i feel so bad for the foam supporters like leeds united they're very loyal and they mm. miss being there you like you said across your country it's uh, it's sad to watch, and I just hope it changes uh, soon. But I, you yeah. know, and again, I think you'll agree with me that we want it to be a safe environment for everyone involved. Of course, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the main priority. Obviously, there's no point in going back if things are going to go, you know, backwards again. Everything's okay. got to be safe. But you, you just think the grounds are fairly big. Even though it's even though it's not going to be a full capacity, you could do a social distance sort of thing, but it's yeah. it's hard to it's hard to organise. It's not easy, I know. No, it's not. It's so, it's, it's yeah. very difficult because they're trying to do it with Craven Cottage, and it it's just not easy because there are going to be supporters that are just not going to yeah. be able to go, and it's just it's going to upset someone. Yeah, of course, it is. Somebody's going to be upset about it. Yeah, but, but, uh, season ticket holders who can't go will be upset and. Those that just want to go to an occasional game now and again, they'll be upset because they can't go. So you can't please everybody. It's it's really difficult to organise. And so I, I don't envy anybody that tries to sort it out. But, uh, you know, hopefully a vaccine will be around the corner somewhere and it'll, things will just fall into place. But, you know, everybody's praying for that. And that's the only way I can see full capacities getting filled again at the, this moment in time. Unless a miracle happens in the next sure. sort of, a few months. Sure. While while I wait for Jamie, let me ask you, just give me your prediction for Leeds United ending the season. Uh, well, I'm going to be boring and say 17th would be nice because that means you're not going to get relegated. But I don't think we'll be a top six or a top 10 team this season. I think it's a bit too much to ask for. But if we get top 
top uh, top 15, top 12, I'll be quite happy really and maybe a good FA Cup run thrown in as well since we've been knocked out of the other cup already. <laughs> so, yeah, as long, I think survival is the main key. For the, as you know, survival for the first couple of seasons is key. Right. So I'm not going to get carried away and say we're going to get into Europe and do all this business. It's nice what Sheffield United and Wolves have done. But it's going to be take a lot of hard work to get into their positions. So uh, I'll just hope for survival. <laughs> I certainly understand that, Kevin. Hey, listen, could you tell everyone how they can follow you on Twitter? Of course, yeah. It's Lee United on Scar Mad. Um, you know, please have a look at my site and join in when you can. And I've got the obviously the Leeds United website as well. That's got all the latest news coming out of Leeds. So keeping everybody informed of what's going on. So yeah, and the Leeds United Mad on Facebook as well. So very busy at the moment. And um, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll be a busy season where a lot of good things happen. <laughs> okay, excellent. Listen. I can't thank you enough for joining me, Kevin. It's been great. Best of luck on Saturday. May the best team win or draw. Because a draw wouldn't be the worst result, right? No, no, no. As long as it, that means they both got a point on the board. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Russia. You, you two have a great season. It's a pleasure to be asked back on the show again. And uh, hopefully we'll speak again uh, very soon. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. All right. That was our very special guest. Kevin Markey from Leeds United Matt. Coming up next is Jamie Reed from FFC TV. Okay, joining me right now live is my friend Jamie Reed from FFC TV. Jamie's on to get the full perspective. We just got the Leeds United perspective, and with all due respect, that's nice. I'd rather talk about form right now, Jamie. So listen, thank you so much for joining me tonight. No problem at all, Russ. Always happy to uh, to come on and join the pod. You know that. No, I really, I really appreciate that, Jamie. And uh, listen, uh, we have a lot to talk about uh, to get your thoughts on. And um, let's start here. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about where to start. Let's start with the Arsenal match. Let's go back. I want to get your thoughts on the Arsenal match, and then we're going to talk about the Carabao Cup because I really want to get your thoughts on, on the Carabao Cup. Let's start on what we learned from the Arsenal match. Did we learn anything about Fulham? I said before the match, it was overreaction Saturday. Again, not to overreact too much, but what did we learn? Did we learn anything from that match? Yeah, I think we learned an awful lot. We learned that we're going to need to defend better, and it's a point that I think each and every one of us know. When you get to the Premier League, you've got clinical strikers, you've got players who are going to be able to thread passes through, and people are going to be able to finish opportunities, and we saw that. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who signed the new contract, best of luck to him, was absolutely breathtaking on the day. He scored a great third goal. I think the second goal was the pivotal one for me, Russ. It came at the worst possible time, didn't it, yeah. from a Fulham perspective. All the time we're 1-0 down. I thought we were in the game, but they scored the second goal. We didn't defend it anywhere near good enough. And I guess the positive for me is that we can play so much better. Arsenal are going to finish much stronger than what they did last season. I think they're going to be contesting the Champions League places. I'm not going to go silly and say that they're going to finish first or second, but I think they are going to have a good season under Mikel Arteta. So it was a tough opening game. I thought we played well in patches without so being I. at our very best. And I think we can uh, certainly build and improve on uh, what we saw on the opening day. What did you make of the addition while coming off the bench of Mitro and Nguisa? Because, again, I know the match is over at this point, but... Things seem to change when they came on. I want to get your thoughts on them because that could lead to our discussion about Leeds United. Well, they're both first-class players, aren't they? You can't take anything away from either of them. Mitro scored his 50th goal last night. He's been absolutely superb in Fulham colours. He scores goals for fun. He defends both penalty boxes, Russ, and I think it makes a big, big difference. This was a point I mentioned to Jim on commentary when we were doing FFC TV. Yeah. I think with Mitro in the side, we win that first ball more often than we lose. Totally it. agree. And you have to think to yourself, when you get situations like that, you need players to be effective. You need them to dominate in both boxes. Mitro does that. He's a born leader. I know that TC wears the captain's armband and he's a different captain, if you like. He may right. be not as demonstrative, not as vocal, but still a very, very good leader, well-respected by his peers. But Mitro really does things the right way. He scored a great goal last night. It's a superb ball in 
from Kenny Tete. I'm sure we're going to talk about him. We are. You have to really think to yourself, we are very fortunate to have Mitro because he really is a class above. And you touched on the Zambo Anguisa. It yes. really needs to be said that he absolutely superb. He had a great season last year in La Liga. He's come back. He wants to play for the club. And I think that really is refreshing that uh, we've got a class player. One or two supporters last season or the season before last when we were last in the Premier League perhaps felt that uh, maybe he didn't have the quality. I don't think the quality was ever in doubt. We didn't necessarily see the best of him in a Fulham shirt the last time we were in the Premier League. But I think he'll more than make up for that this time around. Watching the match, it just seemed like with with him being in there, his approach is more forward thinking. The ball moves I wouldn't say quicker, but it just moves forward. Whereas I, I, I would say with in other situations, it's been more sideway passing. Th there didn't seem to be that much that much sideway passing with Nguisa in there. No, I agree with you. You look at the way he is and the way he sets himself up, he sort of picks up the ball and you can see the uh, the first real intent in his mind is to get the ball forward. I think you could say the same about Lamina. I thought Absolutely. Was really well. The two of them very, very effective in the game. But uh, Anguisa just glides over the uh, the grass. I mean, he really is a thoroughbred. You look at the way he uh, he does things. He's strong. He's powerful. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to become a fulcrum in that uh, in that midfield. I think it will be hard to... Uh, to take a shirt off the back of Harrison Rees because he's been absolutely superb in the games he's been able to play for the club. But Jim made a very good point. Gentleman Jim, my co-commentator, or yep. I'm his uh, co-commentator, colour man, if you like. The two questions that, uh, that I posed a few to Jim and the one that he came back with, I thought was a very good question. Scott suddenly got decisions to make, Russ. And I tell you what, they're not going to be easy ones as to who gets I totally agree. Side. Totally agree, because I think his decisions in central midfield could shape how form play each and every match. Would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, I agree, yeah. I think you're almost going to go horses for courses. Uh, there's going to be players within the side, players within the system who are almost going to be indispensable, if you like. I think Harrison Reed perhaps will come into that category, maybe Anguisa. But certainly you get the opportunity to change things up on Wednesday evening, Shepherd Wednesday come to town, and you're going to see that the team is going to chop and change maybe from competition and maybe from match to match, depending on our opponents. And right. it's nice to be in a position where you can play certain players knowing that the opposition have got strength that you can perhaps look to try and negate. It's a, yeah, it's a strong position to be in. It is. And that's what's interesting in, in the growth of Scott Parker as a manager from the beginning of last season to right now that he has options. And we're going to be talking about some of his options as we break down the Carabao Cup, because uh, I definitely want your thoughts on the new players. But I, I agree with you, and uh, I've talked to about this a great deal. You want to focus on yourself, Jamie, but I do like the fact that you want to play against the opponent, and you might play certain players against a certain opponent. You might change the formation against certain opponents. And uh, I've already seen that from Scott, and I think that's part of the growth of him as a manager. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's done a wonderful job as a manager. And again, there was divided opinion, wasn't there, last season. But the one thing I would say about him, I think his management style is very similar to the way he played the game. He gives it his all. And yeah, OK, maybe there will be shortcomings in certain areas. But I tell you what, one thing that you're not going to lack in a Scott Parker side is devilment and determination. And he's got both of those qualities in abundance. Not only that, I think he's a great advert for the football club. You look at the Calm family and we are indebted to them. We really are. You look at all of the clubs struggling up and down the country. It's very, very sad, whether it be in the Premier League or whether it be in the EFL. There's too many clubs that are really struggling at the moment. But you look at Fulham strong off the pitch and the way we've been able to strengthen the club on the pitch and uh, a tip of the hat to uh, Tony Khan and the recruitment team, strong on the pitch too. Absolutely. All right, Jamie, let's just get your overall view of the Carabao Cup. We're going to talk about individual players coming up. I just want to just get your overall view of the approach from Scott Parker and uh, what you and Jim watched at Ipswich Town. Well, I think it was professional, Russ. That would be the uh, the word I would use. It wasn't 
really anything out of perhaps third, fourth gear. We can certainly play better than what we did, but there were some real encouraging performances. I was pleased with all of the debutants. I thought they all showed qualities in uh, certain aspects with regards to uh, the way they played on the night. And you have to think to yourself, man for man, it was very, very impressive. Max Lamarchon has uh, divided opinion. We've mentioned uh, some of the players. that <laughs> played well. Problems, but last night, I thought he was absolutely superb. He was pinging passes. He was making good interceptions. Set up and, the first goal. Set up the goal. Yeah, absolutely. He did set up the goal. Worked it out with a, uh, with a lovely pass, raking pass out towards that right-hand side. It's a beautiful ball in from uh, Kenny Tete, who was superb for me. But, yeah, all came about and all set up from... Uh, Max Lamarchon, suddenly there's uh, there's strength in depth throughout the pitch. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about some of these players. And uh, I'm going to put the fullbacks together for you because it's interesting watching back, which I did this morning, I watched back the match again, and uh, these two players stood out. It wasn't just Kenny Tete, it was also Anthony Robinson because, again, maybe his crossing is a little bit different than Tete's, but his intent is the same. Teti actually might be a little bit more reserved than Robinson. Robinson is going up and down, up and down. I was impressed by not just with Teddy, but also with Robinson as well. How about you? Yeah, I fully agree with you. I thought both of them did uh, remarkably well. And it's nice to suddenly have fullbacks who can uh, do good things going forward and not negate their defensive duties. We've been lucky with Joe Bryan. I think he's been absolutely superb. You look at the right-back situation last season and perhaps that was a little bit more fluid. Dennis can play there. We know that Cyrus can come in and he'll always give it his all. There's players who can play that position. Young Stevie Sessignon's gone out on loan to Bristol yep. City. It was good to see him feature last night. But Kenny Tete is a wonderful addition. It's a great ball in from him. I think he's going to be up and down for fun on that right-hand side. And you perhaps know a little bit more about Anthony Robinson with the fact that uh, he's an American international. But I was very, very impressed with him too last night, Russ. We know that he's a quality player. We've seen him do it against us. It was nice to see him get off to uh, such a purposeful start. Absolutely. And uh, what's interesting about Anthony Robinson, listen, I've seen him play against Brazil. So he has experience at a very high level, even though he hasn't had any Premier League experience. But I just look at the approach of these two players, and they, in this match, look so confident, Jamie. Nothing against Cyrus or Dennis, because Dennis is a confident player, but it just seems a little bit different. There's a little bit more edge to these guys. Yeah, agreed. And I think the positive for me is that confidence is very, very high at the moment. I think coming into a side that's just earned promotion – and yes, OK, it is going to be difficult. You've got to settle in. You don't necessarily know the players, but there is a good nucleus there. Um, I get the opportunity to be perhaps a little bit closer in terms of the quarters to uh, to some. And you have to say Scott really has harnessed that in as much as he wants it to be one for all and all for one. Everybody really plays their part in the team success that uh, has been enjoyed by the whole group. And I guess that must make it easy for uh, for new players coming in. You've got to have ability. Of course you have. You've got to right. fit into systems. And then you just hope that uh, your ability and perhaps what you're shown and what you're taught by the coaching staff, who've all done a great job. It's not just Scott. I don't want to single him out. But yes, it must make it easier. And certainly they've settled in because they do have that devilment. They have that desire, which are qualities that uh, that you need in the Premier League. OK, excellent. All right, Jamie, let's talk about these two central midfielders. And I'm curious your view on them. We've already talked a little bit about Nguisa and Wimina. And I, I want to give kudos because uh, I listened to the Fulhamish podcast, their review of the Ipswich Town victory. And they talked about Nguisa and Wimina, that they're similar players. So I'm going to ask you this, and I, I'm not going to disagree with, with them on that. Can they coexist? Are they too yeah, similar to play together? Coexist. I think they can coexist. I think they can play together. Whether they will get that many opportunities, it might be the horses for courses that you sort of touched upon and picked out. I think Anguissa is going to be a first pick and I think Lamina will get his opportunities because although it's only a 38-game season, the intensity of the Premier League, you know that it does take it out of the players, especially when you're going to go Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever the, uh, the schedule might be at any given time. Anguissa, for me should always start if he's, I totally fit, agree. if he's in good condition because uh, he really is, well, he's almost a class above. I think Lamina is two-footed. He can spray passes left and right. 
He's got vision. We know what he's won with Juventus. Yes, OK, maybe he's had some difficult times at Southampton, but we've already benefited from uh, Southampton. You think back to <laughs> a couple of seasons ago, we had Matty Target, who did a wonderful job. Harrison Reed last season, and this right. has done a wonderful job. We've been very, very fortunate, haven't we, with uh, the supply line from Southampton. And I'm confident that uh, Lamina can be uh, just, just as effective. I want to point out something that Jim said last night about Lamina. Because Lamina would lose the ball, but he would get it right back. So that showed me something. Because, again, you talked about the other ability that he has, you know, to spray the ball around and two-footed. But you can't coach determination. He has determination. That's the one thing that I noticed from last night. Your thoughts? Agreed. Yeah, you've got to have both sides of the game, haven't you? And I think Scott would say that to the players, that it's not just the pretty side, it's about what you do off the ball. And I think you've only got to look at Harrison Reed. He is the epitome for me of when somebody loses the ball, how quickly he gets yeah. it back. You know, he's tigerish in the tackle and he quickly goes about it, chases it down and really wants to try and influence things and win the ball back. Lamina showed that as well. And that's very, very impressive to uh, to see that because uh, Ipswich, well, perhaps they lacked a little bit in quality. I thought they played well. I'm taking nothing away yep. from Paul Lambert's side. They're in League One. But coming up against Premier League opposition, it's never going to be easy for them. They obviously gave it their all, the uh, Ipswich Town players. And you have to say to yourself that uh, we just had that little bit of extra quality but it's nice to see that we weren't resting on our laurels. We weren't thinking, look, we're the better side. We should win this game. We actually went about going out, executing our game plan and, you know, winning it outright, which was uh, very pleasing on the night. Absolutely, Jamie. All right. I want to get your thoughts on the goalkeeper. Now, he didn't have a lot to do, <laughs> but thoughts on Alphonse Areola? I thought he was absolutely superb. You say he didn't have a lot to do, and that's very valid, but he made that good save at the end. He did. There could have been an opportunity. We could have, could have gone to penalty kicks, and we might have seen the opportunity to uh, see a little bit more of him. But I thought he commanded his 18-yard uh, Well, He came off his line on a couple of occasions, and we saw the sort of benefits of being able to kick out and play from the back. Very, very accomplished with the ball at his feet. I was very, very impressed with him. We're blessed. I don't think we can take anything away from the wonderful job that uh, Marek Rodak did last season, Russ. And I'm certainly not going to write him off because he's a very, very talented uh, goalkeeper in his own right. Again, we keep mentioning these words, don't we? Strength in depth. And Scott certainly got that in the goalkeeping ranks. Ariola comes in. He's got undoubted quality. I think that's going to push Marek Rodak. Lots right. of people I say agree with that. Is it going to stifle him? I don't take that viewpoint because I think if you've got two good goalkeepers and we think back to uh, the England side of years ago when they had Shilton and Ray Clements, that pushed on both of those goalkeepers. And I think it's very, very important that uh, you've got quality within those ranks. Okay, excellent. All right, Jamie, let's start our preview of this match. Let's talk about Leeds United. Let me get your view on them. They're a good side, aren't they? We saw what they did against Liverpool and we know that any side coached by Marcello Bielsa is going to be very, very talented. We saw them last season and uh, certainly I thought we played pretty well in both of the games. You think back to the game at Craven Cottage, Josh scored that great goal and he was very, very impressive in that fixture and that really got his season going. Leeds United are going to be a difficult proposition because they've got strength across the pitch. Make no doubt about that. They're going to be difficult to uh, to play against. But I genuinely think this is the start of a few matches where we really can pick up some positive results, Russ. And totally agree. I think we've got to be respectful of Leeds United. We've also got to think that we can go to Ellen Road and get a positive result. Totally agree, Jamie. And uh, again, this is a, a quality side, but we know them. We, the teams know each other. So I want to ask you this because I was just speaking to Kevin and I'm a big fan of Marcello Bielsa, but he only has one way to play. There is no plan B. So thoughts on Scott Parker. What do you think might be his strategy against Leeds United? Well, I think it will probably be the uh, the strategy that I outlined there. Go out there, respect them, be respectful. Know that uh, they've got some quality players. Don't be too expansive. Keep yourself in the game. And all the time, it's nil-nil. We've obviously got a great opportunity of uh, 
getting a positive re result, whether that be bringing a point back to the cottage or taking all three. You look at Leeds United, you are right. At times, they can be a little bit one-dimensional and they are very easy to uh, almost see their intent and the way they're going to look to try and play things. They've got some talented players. You can't say they haven't. What they did last season in the Championship, they fully deserve to uh, to go up as champions of uh, the EFL for me. I thought they were the best side across the uh, 46 games. Bielsa is a very, very talented coach. But I still think that uh, if we go there and play our game, they've got to be respectful towards us as well. Scott's yep. worked very, very hard on squad recruitment. I think he's got to get it right. There will be some changes, I'm sure, of that in the fixture. We've just got to make sure we go there and play our game. If we do things right, we defend well in both penalty boxes. We pass the ball elegantly as we've got the quality to do so. I think hopefully the performance and the result will uh, kind of take care of itself. Okay, excellent. Let me ask you, for this match, who are key players? Just name your key players for form. Who has to play at, at a high level to uh, for form to get all three points or even just a point? I think it's got to be a team performance. One thing okay. where I think players perhaps need to uh, to step up a little bit more, and I don't like criticising players. This isn't meant as criticism. What yeah. it is is to... Uh, hopefully get people going and uh, people who know me, Russ, know I'm very similar to you, glass half full rather than yep. vice versa. <laughs> I think there's too much reliance or too much reliance, I should say, on Mitro. He scores the lion's share of the goals. Yeah. I think we've got to look to try and get other players getting on the score sheet and I'm sure that that will be something that uh, Tony Khan and the recruitment team are working on. Perhaps there might be the opportunity to bring another player in who might be able to take away from the workload and the goal-scoring responsibility of Mitro. If we could share the goals around the squad and around the team a little bit more, I think that would help. But Mitro is such a key player, isn't he? Yeah. You know that he's going to perform so, so well. He's a man for the big occasion. It takes something away from it up at Ellen Road because it's a wonderful football stadium. It really is. It's an old football stadium, but it's a grand football stadium. I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to going there, as I always do. I think it's going to be a very... Tough game for us, but we've got to make sure that uh, all of our big players really play their part. And if we defend well and we get a little bit of luck, I see no reason why we can't come back with at least a point. And I think that will be a very, very good return from a Leeds United side who are going to surprise a few teams this season. OK. All right, Jamie. I want to get your starting 11 for form against Leeds United. What, what would you do if, if you were Scott? Well, I think that's the $64 million question and that's why I'm sitting here talking to you and why Scott's in that uh, dugout. He'll make the right decisions, make no doubt about it. But I think certainly from the four players who came into the side, they've all done themselves no harm whatsoever. Mitro came back in and scored a goal, so I'm confident that he'll start. I think Kenny Tete, with the performance he put in, will, uh, will start at right back for me. We know that Joe's got quality at left back. Anthony Robinson did himself no harm whatsoever, but right. I think that Joe will come back into the side. There's a uh, decision to be made, isn't there, at central defence when you can see three goals. Perhaps the manager might look to make a change there. Harrison Reed, for me, would come back into the side and I would start him alongside Anguisa. I think that you've got to play Tony. Absolute quality. And I think he's always got okay. a point to prove against Leeds United after being released remarkably for being too small, would you believe? So I, think I still can't get over that. TC, the two players in wide areas, again, I think you can pick and choose, but it's got yeah. to be Mitro through the middle. So I think it's the system will carry on as is. And we've got to make sure, Russ, that uh, we go there and we all perform. We all stick our hands up and know that um, we're going to be in for a tough game. Make no doubt about it against uh, Leeds United. And it's all about what we do. Let's start the game brightly. Let's not give them any opportunities and make sure that uh, all of our jobs are done effectively. Okay, excellent, Jamie. All right. I'm going to share my prediction along with you. Give me your prediction for the match. Well, I'll be honest with you. I would love to say that uh, we'll win the game and I very much hope that that will be the case. But uh, I think it's two sides perhaps finding their way in the uh, Premier League. I fancy that it might end in a score draw. My heart says that I'd love Fulham to win it. Of course I would. But I just think maybe a uh, a one-all draw. But I suppose I've got to be positive. I've got to stick my neck out. Russ, 
I'll go for it. It'll be a late winner from uh, one of the boys and we'll sneak away with uh, a 2-1 victory. Come on, Fulham. Okay. And uh, I was going to go 2-1, to one, so I'm going 2-1 to one with you. I'm, I'm putting my neck out there with you, Jamie. I'm in good company, so I will say 2-1 to one as well. It's funny because I called last Saturday, overreaction Saturday, all over Twitter, because this is before the match began. I knew that there would be a reaction, whether positively or negatively. And I was concerned that there would be too much to read too much into it because it's such a long season and you just can't look at one match and, and make rash judgments. So I think Fulmer going to bounce back. And I think, I think Scott's going to make some changes that are going to help his side. I think, like you said, I think Geese is going to be in there. I think Mitro is going to be in there. I also think Kenny Tetti is going to be in there. We'll see what happens at left back too. But I think that this team can go to Ellen Road and get a result. Not only that, I think they can win. I, I think that Scott Parker will have a good game plan to uh, take away what Leeds United want to do. And if Bielsa looks at the Arsenal match and sees, well, this is how they play this time around, Jamie, I think there might be a different style at Ellen Road. I mean, I'm I'm – Again, I'm not Scott Parker, but I just think he might approach it a little bit differently than he did against Arsenal. So it might be similar to to that match, Jamie, the first time they played at Craven Cottage when Fulham really just you know, were the better side. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. But I think Scott Parker does have a handle on how Leeds United want to play. So I am going two to one. So I'm with you and we'll see what happens there. All right, my friend. Fingers Thank you so so much for joining me. I really enjoyed this. Before I let you go, I, I do want to ask you this because I'm curious your thoughts of the lack of atmosphere at these matches. I was just talking to Kevin. It's unfortunate that fans can't be there. It really is. And But safety first, and I certainly understand that. How strange has it been being at these matches with empty stadiums? Russ, I've got to be honest. I find it very, very tough not having any supporters and it's not only inside the ground it's sort of leading up to uh, to the games as well one thing jim i love is to be able to talk to supporters sort of yeah. in the running whether that be at craven cottage or whether it be away from home you know we get the opportunity to have a chat with fans it's lovely to express opinions and that's why i'm delighted to be able to join you on uh, on your show which is uh, a wonderful watch always but oh, thank you have you. to think to yourself, it's very, very difficult when uh, you've got no supporters there. And certainly we're finding it because the players can't really bounce off it when they don't get the uh, the sort of vocal encouragement. And you have to think to yourself, it must be so, so hard for fans as well, because I don't think you ever get disengaged from your club or you don't ever sort of move away because your club is your club and you're always going to back them. So right. probably not the right sort of analogy or right words used, but it must be so, so difficult. I can't begin to imagine. Both Jim and I know how fortunate we are to be in the position we're in, being able to call the games and be at the games. But I really do feel, I want to say thank you to uh, to each and every fan who's not only watching this uh, opportunity to uh, to see you and I engage, but I also want to, uh, to mention everybody, wherever they might be in the world, because the full force from home really is prominent and it played a great, great message in getting the club promoted to the Premier League because the players really did rate and respect what fans here, there and everywhere sort of did and the uh, the ability that they showed to be able to really give that vocal backing. The players watched the videos, they yep. saw all of everybody really getting behind them and it makes a massive, massive difference. Nothing comes close to fans not being in the ground. It's... Uh, it, it, it's not right for me. But the fact that we are at least being able to benefit from watching football, I think we do have to say that, uh, that, that that's a real benefit in itself. Totally agree. Kevin and I were talking about that as well. It's just uh, unfortunate that Fulham supporters can't be there. Listen, I'm a long ways away, but I always enjoy the fans being there because they are the heartbeat of a Fulham football club. I'm just a fan here in America. But they're there each and every week, and I look forward to their return. But like we're talking about, safe return when it, when it is safe. All right. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Russ. You know that. Okay, great. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the College Talk. I want to thank 
my very special guest, Kevin Markey, at the beginning of the show from um, Weeds United Man, and then, of course, Jamie Reed from FFC TV. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to... The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.